for Tuesday, September 22nd, 2020. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE, answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, the heads of the nation's historically black medical schools want to make sure minority groups are well represented in coronavirus vaccine trials. The risk that I'm most concerned about is the possibility that the vaccine will be effective in the majority of population, but for whatever reason, doesn't work as well in African-Americans or Latinx people. Dr. James Hildreth, who leads Meharry Medical College in Nashville, joins me to discuss what's at stake if enough people of color don't enroll in COVID-19 clinical trials. That's next. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. Last week, the heads of the nation's four historically black medical schools, Meharry Medical College, the Howard University College of Medicine, the Morehouse School of Medicine, and the Charles R. Drew University of Medicine and Science, issued a letter calling for the inclusion of people of color in coronavirus vaccine trials. They want to make sure the minority communities most impacted by the pandemic get access to a vaccine that's proven to work for them. Dr. James Hildreth is president of Meharry Medical College in Nashville. He joins me now to discuss why he and his colleagues are speaking up on the issue. Dr. Hildreth, thanks for talking with me. No worries. So last week, you and the heads of other historically black medical schools here in the country put out a letter calling for specifically the inclusion of black, indigenous, and other people of color in trials for a coronavirus vaccine. That's the occasion for our talking today. So I want to start just by asking a pretty basic question. Why is the inclusion of these people in a coronavirus vaccine trials? Why is that so important? First and foremost, from my perspective, is because they are the most vulnerable to severe disease and possibly death uh, from COVID-19. And therefore, it is essential that they be included in the evaluating the vaccine candidates. And from my perspective as an immunologist, there are immune response genes that are slightly different from one person to another. And those differences can mean differences in how we respond to various infectious challenges. So those two things, from my point of view, the fact that minority groups are most vulnerable to COVID-19, and we know that there are some differences in how immune systems respond to various things. For those two reasons, we have to include them in the evaluating the vaccines. 
What is the state of things that you and your colleagues have to actually come out and make this call in a letter like this? I think maybe what I get from it is the implication is there's a risk that these people are not going to be involved in these trials. So, Sam, there is a more than a risk that the representation of minorities in the trials might be less than desirable because there is a longstanding mistrust in minority communities to be involved in medical research. You know, some people will, will be quick to point to the Tuskegee syphilis uh, study that was done. There's not really a study done on African-American men, but the truth is, going all the way back to 1619, there's a history of atrocities being visited upon black bodies in the service of medical research. So there's a well-founded, I think, level of, of uh, hesitation and mistrust among some groups to be involved in research. And so the challenge for us is to provide enough information from enough trusted individuals to get as many uh, people as possible involved in the vaccine studies. So that will carry over once the vaccines are available because we got to make sure that people take the vaccines. Vaccines don't save lives, vaccinations do. But at the, the foundation of all of this is an inherent mistrust of research, especially by medical research in some communities in our country. If we think about what, you know, a good picture of representation looks like, what is that for you? What is the balance that you're looking to strike? Uh, Dr. Tony Fauci um, has actually called for overrepresentation of minority groups in the vaccine trials. Um, is that something that you're looking for too? Kind of w- what is the ideal situation here? Well, I would think that from first principles, we like the representation to reflect the demographics of the country, uh, which would mean that 13% of the participants would be African-American, 20 plus percent would be Hispanic, et cetera. So, but I think that Tony's point, Dr. Fauci's point is that given that the risk is not the same for all the population groups, that the risk is disproportionately borne by people of color, it may not be then such a bad idea to have overrepresentation of that group in the study to evaluate the vaccine candidates. And I agree with that. So we're involved, and I think the four black medical schools feel very strongly that we need to be involved because we have the ability to engage the community in a way that other organizations will not be able to because of the trust that people in the community have for our organizations that has been established over a long history of, of service and uh, trying to provide the best uh, care we can for people who can't go elsewhere. What efforts are being made to actually get minorities involved in these vaccine trials? I mean, if you want to talk about efforts maybe happening at your institution or others, what does actually getting people involved look like? What kind of work is happening on the ground? I think there are parallels to the work that I'm doing and still do with HIV. As you know, HIV has been with us for a really long time. It's been known to people in the United States since 1981. And uh, what I found in my work is that there are a lot of messages about how to prevent transmission of HIV, but unless the messenger was trusted by the people you are hoping to deliver the message to, it was not going to be impactful or effective. So the approach that we're taking with COVID-19 is to identify trusted organizations, trusted 
individuals who would be the ones kind of engaging the communities, encouraging people to participate. So that for us, that means churches, of course, sororities and fraternities, wherever we can find individuals who are held in uh, high opinion and trusted by the communities, we're trying to engage them in this effort. But one of the most important things from my point of view is to keep the science front and center and have people understand that we're making decisions based on what science teaches us. I guess from my perspective, that's really important because if we always do that, I would feel comfortable recommending that people participate. And that's why I've decided to be a participant in a, in a clinical study myself. I'd rather be in the laboratory or, or directing one of the studies, but I think at this point, my best service to the effort is to be a participant, to demonstrate that I'm confident of its safety or the safety of participating, and then to try to make the science of all of this accessible to people in our community. I'm wondering what you think of just kind of the general, how much trust there is in, in the larger community of, you know, a vaccine that's going to be developed quickly. I mean, it seems like that's an issue that's going to affect people of every community, of every stripe and color. But is that something, too, that's going to have potentially more deleterious effects for communities of color? Uh, yes. And I think giving the vaccine effort the name that it was given, Operation Warp Speed, created challenges from the beginning. Um, to me, there are parallels to, again, to the other pandemic of our time, HIV, where in the earliest days, the perception was that this was a disease that only impacted white, gay white men. And so if you weren't gay, you weren't white, you didn't have to worry about it. Of course, that was totally wrong. But giving it that name at the time sort of took away resources, took away the focus that it needed. So when you name something Operation Warp Speed, it implies that you're going to be moving quickly and perhaps omitting some crucial steps, et cetera, et cetera. So we've had the challenge of trying to help people understand that all the steps needed to evaluate a vaccine candidate fully, they're all happening. Some of them are happening in parallel to compress the time. But you're absolutely right. The overtly political nature of some of the statements being made have not helped us at all because there's already hesitancy. But now if there's a perception that we're rushing it, and that the science will be able to, that creates challenges and amplifies the uh, hurdle we'll have to get over to get people to accept the vaccine. Does the messenger matter here too? I mean, I'm thinking about our nation's top public health officials. If we're thinking about government officials who have really been out in front and kind of the faces of our efforts to fight this pandemic. And I can think of only one really notable person of color there, Jerome Adams, our uh, Surgeon General. Does the, the kind of lack of diversity and maybe the messengers here, most of the rest of them white men, make this even more of a challenge? I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, and that sort of shows itself quite clearly in delivering health care, as a matter of fact, where we know that when the provider and the patient have some cultural, if not racial, other connection, the outcomes tend to be better. I personally think it's because the person feels an inherent sense that this person values me, can relate to me, et cetera. And so when you have 
the face of a health national health crisis or the faces that you see are all <laughs> persons that are connected with or at least associated with these challenges that are alluded to by the certain members of the community, it creates a problem, especially when we've crossed the 200,000 mark of people dying from COVID-19. Most of them are black, brown, poor, and old. I wonder whether or not the response in terms of a galvanized nation would be different if the profile of those dying were different. And so when you when people look at that, or when certain people look at that, and you realize that the focus you thought of might be placed on this problem is not there, it all just tie, it just all paints a picture. Maybe the, our lives don't matter equally after all. And uh, I think the, the main point is that from the top leaders down to those people on the ground who engage the community every day, there needs to be a sense of connection. Who is really responsible in making sure this happens? Is it researchers? Is it the drug companies themselves? Is it some kind of government uh, agency that that ensures that we have, you know, diverse enough vaccine trials? Who really holds the reins here? Well, I think typically the principal investigators or the sponsors of a trial be the ones who would uh, make the effort to show that you have a diverse participation. But in this case, I think it has to be a collective effort between the drug companies, the PIs, the principal investigators, that in partnership with the community and community leaders, that's the only way this is going to get done. Um, Because I can tell you that if some of the folks from the drug companies were to come into a community and try to, you know, recruit uh, certain folks into the trial, it just wouldn't work very well. That's why I think it's really important that local individuals and local organizations have to be engaged in order to pull this off. One of the things that I'm encouraged to see is that Operation Warp Speed has uh, engaged Reverend Ed Sanders, Edwin Sanders, one of our leaders of a church here in Nashville, but he has for decades now been mobilizing community leaders and faith leaders in the HIV vaccine effort. So they've asked him to do the same now, COVID-19 vaccine. So he is establishing a network of faith leaders and community leaders around the country, and they're going to become involved in, uh, in this effort. You may have also noticed or seen that two presidents of HBCUs, Dillard and uh, Xavier in New Orleans. They have both encouraged their students to participate, but they themselves have participated in a clinical vaccine trial. So again, I I think it's going to be a collective effort, but at the end of the day, though, it has to be local organizations, I think, that will make this successful. What is at stake, Dr. Hildreth, if this isn't addressed. If we, if if these vaccines, you know, there are a number of, of them already in phase three clinical trials, the kind of last step to determine if a vaccine is safe and effective. So, you know, we, we could see vaccines hitting the market within the next few months. So what's at stake if these vaccines are brought to market without the kind of minority participation that you would like to see? 
I think the the risk that I'm most concerned about is the possibility that the vaccine will be effective in the majority of population, but for whatever reason, doesn't work as well in African-Americans or Latinx people. And as I said before, the biology of our immune systems are such that for the most part, they work the same across the human species. But because of these immune response genes and some other nuances, that's not always the case. So I, I, I think what I'd be most concerned about, honestly, Sam, is that we'll get a couple of vaccines over the finish line, but they've not been fully vetted, fully evaluated in minority groups. And we find that uh, they don't work so well in certain certain individuals. So that's, that's the, the risk that we're most concerned about. And that's why we have to make every effort to make sure that uh, some of those 150,000 individuals, that a good portion of them are from minority groups. And, you know, this is a, a long history of very well-founded mistrust that now has been brought to bear in this very urgent problem that we're dealing with. I mean, it, it just seems like there's so much work to be done for this to work. I mean, are you optimistic that what you're calling for is something that can actually be achieved? I think so. I mean, it's going to take an extraordinary effort, but I'm really pleased to see that around the country, uh, local organizations, local leaders are stepping up to the plate to try to make sure that we get this done because they realize how important it is. I don't know if you know about the All of Us study that NIH is doing where they're trying to get a cohort of a million U.S. citizens across age groups, races, et cetera. They want to create a million-person cohort that reflects the, the country in all respects, gender, age, et cetera. And the whole idea is to collect samples from these individuals and sequence their genomes so we can actually start to do precision medicine, but precision medicine for everybody. And so we were given the charge locally of recruiting several hundred African-Americans to be involved in the All of Us study. And we were able to do that. And I think we might have done it ahead of the time we were allotted to do it. And again, it's, it's because people trust the organization and who we are. And I believe that that is true all over the country. There are going to be certain organizations that have engendered trust in the communities, and they're the ones who have to be out front, not, not the folks from the drug companies, not even necessarily the principal investigators of the trials. We've got to get the support and help of these, of these individuals, these community organizations. I, I do want to add that I think that the expectation that a vaccine is going to be available in the next several weeks is not realistic. Uh, and I do believe by this time next year, perhaps by the beginning of the summer, there may well be two vaccines that have been fully vetted and approved. Uh, and that's when the real work starts because we've got to get uh, at least 60 to 70% of the population to agree to be vaccinated. Otherwise, we won't have put this behind us. So the vaccines are coming. That seems pretty clear. But the next big challenge is how do we get enough people to accept the vaccines that we can achieve herd immunity. 
Dr. James Hildreth is president of Meharry Medical College. Did You Wash Your Hands is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app, where you can also leave us a rating and a review. That really helps other people find the show. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. Have you donated to WAB yet? I know you've heard us talking about why it's important, but it doesn't have to be this big decision. You can give at whatever amount fits your budget. It can be a spur-of-the-moment thing. You already get so much out of public radio, so just go for it. Visit wab.org donate and become a member right now. And thank you.